Hello, welcome to the Dear Writer podcast. I'm Sarah. And I'm Ashley. We're two aspiring collaborative authors sharing our writing journey with you. The ups, the downs, and everything in between. Whether you're just starting out or a more experienced writer, we hope that you'll find this podcast inspiring and thought-provoking. And here's the show. Hey everyone, welcome back to Dear Writer. Today we're recording episode 96. And we are continuing our discussion about world building uh, from last week, which I think we had a really good talk about, uh, I guess, introducing the concept of world building and kind of setting the scene for the more in-depth conversation we're about to have this week. Yeah. And so, yeah, you remember where we last left off, we talked about what world building is and why it is important in the last episode. So if you didn't catch that, then feel free to pause this episode, go back to episode 96 and have a listen. Um, And now we'll continue with a slightly more in-depth focus on aspects of world building. Yes. So... Last week, we left off talking about why world building is so important. And through both of our answers, we started to touch on some of the key elements uh, that are really important when you're talking about world building. So to carry on from that, I thought, you know, we could talk about some of these elements that as an author, you should try and consider uh, when you are about to get into the act of world building but obviously there are a lot of different elements that you need to consider so I thought we could just talk about the ones that we personally feel are you know really critical and the most important uh, to try and not have this episode go on for like five hours (laughs) (laughs) yes did you want to go first Sarah sure (laughs) so for me number one would be integrating fictional elements with the culture and history of the setting, Um, particularly if you're world building within an actual setting and you want to build a world around a real place, you do need to do your research. So people, particularly ones who grew up or know the setting, will notice if you don't and it will feel off to them. So this also goes for fantasy sci-fi, except you need in this instance to create the culture and history. Um, So, you know, what has happened in this new world, what things have forced the residents of a particular town or city to act the way they do, and what is the environment like, and how does this affect the culture and behavior of the people um, or creatures, for want of a better word. Um, If it isn't thought out, you know, you will probably end up having elements that contradict and confuse readers. Um, So I had number two as mapping out the world, whether real or imagined, can help the flow of the story and aid in it feeling authentic for your readers. So for a a real world story, this might mean street walking through Google Maps um, or taking a virtual tour of the city on YouTube, or even better, if you are able to go to the place yourself and visit the setting so that you are then able to integrate your fictional elements into it and build based on what the setting already is. I was just going to say, imagine how useful it would be if there was like a Google Street view of ancient Greece. How (laughs) helpful would that be? (laughs) Actually, it's a site that I found that had like a, um, 
it had like maps on like like an overlaid map on like from google maps or something that showed where like the old city was like with okay. thieves and stuff which it was kind of okay but it was kind of hard to understand as well it's hard to explain it was a bit weird because it just I mean I don't feel like it was like the integration on the actual like technology was very good because it was kind of jumpy and then it made it like hard to visualize where you were if that makes right. sense yeah and it, it didn't really have like you know like whole like artwork imagined cityscape or anything like that it was basically just like here's a historic site and so then you had to zoom out and be like so hang on how does this relate to that site (laughs) so it was a little bit confusing but the idea was there (laughs) I was just gonna add that like speaking of visiting real world sites I'm really excited uh in November I will be going to New Zealand and we're going to visit a historic site in Napier which I'm not going to give away where exactly it is, <laughs> but it's going to be appearing in one of our upcoming um, teenage fiction novels, and I'm really excited to to see it. <laughs> I'm excited for you. It's going to be fun. Um, so where was I? Uh, for a fully imagined world, mapping out the world might be considering how the environment changes from one place to another if your character is going on a journey. And understanding how your character gets from place to place so it feels consistent and not like the reader has just been dumped into each city. I guess that kind of goes for like the real world stuff as well. Like we were saying, you don't want to feel like your characters are apparating, like we said last yeah. week, um, <laughs> from place to place. It brings up two thoughts for me. One, all of the times in our ancient Greece book where Simon has to travel between cities and the amount of oh research God, it takes yes. to be like, are there mountains? Are there plains? Are there forests? Is there like a lake? But then it also makes me think about in the, um, our um, Darkness Set Us Free book when they're also doing their, their cross-country adventure yes. <laughs> through like all the different landscapes <laughs> as well. In both instances, we had to look up, like, I remember doing a lot of Google map research and being like, you know, for Darkness of the Three, it was like, oh, there's, I think there was like some sort of swamp or yes, something, like, a, a bog. bog, that's right, a <laughs> peaked bog. <laughs> I was like, there's a bog there, that's kind of exciting, you know, do people like sink waist deep in it? Yes, they do, <laughs> amazing, I'm going to add that in. So you do find just fun stuff like that as you research as well (laughs) i'll let i was going to let ashley speak to points on rules of society and physical appearance of the world and setting because she's got some good points about that um but yeah i didn't want to discount those things either (laughs) well i'm glad that we're covering covering quite a range of range of topics which is good in this part so my number one uh, element was also um, understanding the history. These are just, I guess, things that I find really important. And I was going to mention that in both of our book series, both the YA dystopian series, so the Black Sky series, and for our work in progress historical fiction, uh, one of the really important things that we had to do was determine how the worlds came to be in the state that they were in. Uh, so mm-hmm. for the historical fiction novel, it involved a lot of research uh, so we could understand, you know, what events 
had happened in the different cities to shape the characters to the point where they were at um, in our stories and the cities as well because there's a you know a really rich history there even family history you know plays a part which was really interesting you know it's not just history of cities or places or like it can be family history of a character if they've got like an ancestor and they've got like a um, really defined role in society and their family has had a role that role for generations you know that becomes part of the character themselves so that's a good point I was also thinking that's one of the parts we found kind of the hardest as well because unless the characters are you know a really big deal from back then there's nothing really about them <laughs> yeah, <laughs> left exactly. in the historical record so it does involve a lot of piecing yeah jigsaw, piecing together pieces. and as an author <laughs> trying to figure out what possible like what could their family history have been like to make them how they are given we don't really have many clues left yeah which is quite interesting Um, yeah uh, anyways I was gonna also then talk about our Black Sky series where we had where we did a lot of work initially and then I put in brackets reworking (laughs) to figure out how our world got into the dystopic version that our characters are in Um, you know we had a few ideas initially and they were originally in our book but they didn't quite hit the mark (laughs) (laughs) so required a lot of you know reworking and and it's not even just it's really weird to explain like you're like oh yes well if this event didn't you know really it doesn't really make sense to you know cause a you know yeah to this extent then we need to change this but to change this like how did this character become like that it kind of like ends up going like this whole chain. But you have of to go backwards. back to start, and then you've got to be like, okay, so let's rework, you know, this part of it, and then you work out from there. Like it ends up kind of rolling into the forward events. But I guess when you you've already got like a plot line, you need to also, as you were saying, like work backwards. This is why it's handy to consider it before. Yes. <laughs> because otherwise you end up working backwards and trying to find out the type of person who could have set off all those events to begin with and then like like it works it's just it's really backwards and it doesn't yeah it gets very tricky because you have to have a very specific type of person to be able to set off events in a particular way I guess exactly so when you work backwards you 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 do end up finding like the the person but it's kind of a very (laughs) defined focus if that makes sense yeah and then the whole reworking of your book to then incorporate that is surprisingly challenging and it's the small details that end up being the hardest ones to change yes (laughs) uh so right so that's sort of my um thoughts on understanding the history and why that's an important element to include in your world building my second one that sarah briefly mentioned was what the rules of society are and this has been for us at least speaking from experience particularly important in our ancient greece book so much of what we 
can write about and like the limits of what we're able to like physically write about in ancient Greece is determined by what the society back then kind of allows us to do. It's like an interesting constraint, I guess. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, yeah. Basically the, the elements of the rules of society reflect things like the political structure, who holds the power in whatever city you're talking about or in the world you're talking about. Um, and importantly for us, like what is the role of women back then? Um, and how are our characters, you know, able to break the rules and to what extent can they break the rules? And if they do break the rules, like what are the consequences of doing that? Um, and so it kind of ends up, I guess, sort of like the history part sort of ends up snowballing (laughs) (laughs) a little bit. Um, but I think like once you start to paint a picture of what the society looks like and how the society works it does help you get a really good feel for the mood of the book I think um yeah like the tone as well like it just really helps you know is it you know really patriarchal society or maybe it's a really feminist society if you're doing something a bit different like it's just all very Mm -hmm. all these sort of societal rules come into play which obviously influence how your character is going to behave yeah, and if you do have a fantasy or sci-fi novel, there's going to be, um, you know, magical or, well, with the sci-fi, more scientific rules as well, or theorized rules, I guess, would be the best way of putting it for a sci-fi novel, yeah. like, theoretically, <laughs> what they can and can't do. So understanding that for you is going to be really important as well. Yes. Because um, yes. you don't want just, like, one random character that can do everything. <laughs> because not that annoys readers um anyways and the final one is the physical appearance of the world this one is quite self-explanatory because you know if you don't know what your world looks like how can you expect your reader to read your book and be able to picture the world that you've immersed them in Uh, Mm -hmm. so i think it's important to at least have a, a base understanding of what your world looks like obviously you can add more detail when you get into like localized settings um but it's definitely good to have that picture in your mind when you start writing so I think we've kind of mentioned a little bit uh, about this next question but it's definitely an important one to dive into in a bit more detail so that's when should you start to think about world building in your novel Sarah so the um pantses out there are going to hate me saying this but (laughs) the majority of it I feel should be considered right from the beginning because I think you're less likely to run into contradictions Um, it can be very hard to fix small contradictions later we know this (laughs) yes I know this from experience guys (laughs) but I recognize that a lot of writers don't work this way and it's okay to build as you go uh, one detail at a time as your character travels through their world this doesn't mean that you shouldn't consider the things that we spoke of in the last question though you know you should still keep in mind the culture and history the rules and physical appearance of each place as you weave the story together so that the details you build into your world feel authentic and I think for pantsers it might be helpful to even make 
like notes as you go of like you know oh this is a rule that i have to adhere to or little details of like oh i've like put this i don't know like if you're making a whole new world it's probably more important where you're like oh i've put this city next to that city and they travel through a forest or something so that next time you get there they're not like randomly traveling through mountains and you're like what happened to the forest um <laughs> just like random little things like to try and make the process more streamlined so that even if you pants it's kind of organized and you can sort of see the progression of your world being built um i think would be kind of something that i'd consider there might even be worth i'm not a pantser either so can't <laughs> speak to that yeah. too much but it could be worth you know you get through half of your novel or a quarter and then maybe you have a bit more of an idea of what your world looks like and then you can do some uh some world building then to help with the rest of your book <laughs> make it a bit easier for you potentially yeah uh did you have anything else to add nope that was basically it <laughs> just okay. think about it from the start if you're not going to then at least try and streamline it <laughs> uh so Obviously, I mentioned just before that I do not pants. So for me, it's really important to think about world building at the beginning. But I was going to add that I don't think the world building ever stops, though. Like just because you've done all the world, you know, done a massive amount of world building at the beginning. Um, yes, it's helpful, but you're always going to run into things <laughs> during your writing where you're yes. going to have to try and um, course correct a little bit. <laughs> Well, also, like, it depends on what level you're considering world building on. So, like, if you're, I think the broad elements, it's helpful to have a handle on from the start. As you get more focused and you hone in on, like, a particular scene, then, you know, there's going to be elements in that scene, like, just small little things that you include as you go that you're not going to think about when you, like, lay out the the whole plan to start. You're not going to know that there's, like, I don't know, like a random vase on the counter in the kitchen or something like that. I mean, that's very, very detailed <laughs> <laughs> focus. But, you know, that vase could be quite important to your story. Who knows? Um, well, yeah. I was going to say, we this has happened a lot to us in our ancient Greece novel, where we did a lot of research at the start. And as we've gone through, we've had to be like, oh... <laughs> there's this whole like part of the history we'd forgotten or the, oh there's like this whole part of greek society that we hadn't considered or oh this is what some of the buildings look like whoops <laughs> like yeah. once you get kind of more into into your story i also think it's very important to remember that you're not going to get it all right the first time and we always need to tweak things because it's very easy to overlook stuff at the beginning um, but if you've got the broad brush strokes of your world set out it does make the writing that much easier for you yes Alrighty, that takes us to our next point which is about how much world building we should do as an author and then I think which is almost the more important part how much of it do you tell or share with your readers Sarah? So, I have a nice, short and sweet answer for this one as well. Um, I think how much world building you should do is as much as you like. 
Um, you can never do too much, in my opinion, although you, you know, like building onto the second part of the question, you may not want to include everything you build into your manuscript if it makes the scene too wordy or slows the pace down too much. Um, you want to be able to get your story across in as concisely as you can with drawing the reader in. So, you know, you want enough details that the reader is able to imagine the scene and they they feel like they're part of the world and the world is happening around them. But, you know, they can also fill in a lot of the, like you don't need to say everything. The reader will, if you provide enough detail, the reader will then fill in the rest of the detail. So um, just enough that the, the reader is able to fully immerse themselves and build on what you've already built, if that makes sense. That makes sense. I share a very a similar view. I think you can, you know, do as much world building as you need to as the author. Um, like for me, I like to be able to understand how my characters became who they are and be able to at least visualize the world to some extent before I start writing. Mm-hmm. Um, but I guess everyone's probably different. Uh, and it is easier if you have a clear picture of the world you're writing in. Um, it, it's a lot easier for you to, you know, get across the mood and the imagery of your world on the reader as well. Um, yeah. Which I think even though like we had done quite a bit of research before we started writing our Ancient Greece book, once we started writing, it took a few chapters for us to get into it because we were still trying to work out, you know, exactly what that world looks like. Yes, um, but I that part's easier now. <laughs> it's now the character. It is part a bit harder. easier. Yeah, yeah. Um, I still struggle a little bit, but not as much as before. No, thankfully. I don't need to Google every single little detail anymore. I'm like, I know they use oil lamps now. <laughs> <laughs> yes, <laughs> you know, I know that they don't. Ha- they have shutters over their windows, and their houses are made of these bricks. <laughs> Yeah, and the houses are fairly plain on the inside, except for like the androns, which they like to decorate more lavishly. Exactly. That kind of stuff, yeah. Which (laughs) takes a lot of time to research at the start, to be fair. Yes. (laughs) Uh, But kind of as Sarah said, I think there's a fine balance when it comes to how much you want to share with your readers. I was thinking about our ancient Greece book and I was like, just because Sarah and I know the history of like the political system for the past, however many hundred years, it doesn't mean we need to explicitly share that um, (laughs) with our readers. Yes. Maybe they only need to know about, you know, that one tyrannical leader from before that, you know, was critical in changing the system or, you know, maybe if you're writing fantasy, you've, thought of every single creature that could possibly live in the forest but you know your character doesn't need to encounter every single one of them on their first journey through and you don't need to you know talk about every single every single creature that they could run into maybe they just see one do you know what I mean like Mm -hmm. they're there for you to use in the future but you don't need to share them all but you know they're there yes no, they're there. They might make an appearance in the future sometime. Yeah, maybe the character hears a noise. You know what I mean? Like, and but you know what creature it was. But you don't need to go through like your character being like, oh, 
you know, it could be one of these 12, <laughs> like going <laughs> yes. and describing all 12. Um, so I think there's a... I'm just like thinking in terms of like Jumanji or something like... <laughs> with the, the like expert guy about like the different... <laughs> <laughs> yes. Like pulls out like, you know, this... Oh, it would have been this creature. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> Anyways, continue. <laughs> so good. And that's all about all I had to say. Um, you know, your char- your character, your readers don't need to know everything. You just need to give them enough for them to understand, I guess, the situation that your character is facing. <laughs> Be able to visualize the world a bit more. I'm still stuck on Jumanji. Then continue. <laughs> um, and as a final point, I thought we could talk a little bit about what some of our tips are for creating realistic worlds in our novels. Okay. Well, (laughs) much like Ashley um, wrote in one of our previous craft episodes was research I've put. (laughs) Okay, research, full stop. (laughs) Um, I did write a little bit more. Uh, Again, I find Google Maps and YouTube very helpful Uh, but also for things like the culture of the place and the history. So, you know, it's like if you want to hide a book, you put it in a library, and researching kind of allows you to smoothly integrate the fiction and the truth. And if it's an imagined world, you can still use research to inspire and enhance your world building. For example, lots of books are inspired by folklore or mythical creatures, and so you can use research that way to kind of inspire new things. And number two that I've put as a tip was that um, I was kind of thinking about it and I was like, you know, there's a saying when you're learning to sketch. Like I'm not a great drawer myself. I kind of do a little bit of sketching every now and then and a little bit of painting. Um, but the saying is to draw what you see. So in sketching, this means looking at a 3D object that you're viewing and then noting how it might look 2D. So you're looking at the lines of the object and which direction each line goes. So in your mind's eye, you're really translating a 3D object into a 2D object Um, and what angles create the illusion of three dimensions when you translate it onto the paper. So for me, writing is kind of similar to that, but instead of retracing lines and angles, think about what you see in your mind as you travel through the scene. Um, If there are any blank patches, you can ask questions of yourself. You know, what's missing here? Create something to fill the space and then describe what you see. So instead of draw what you see, for writing, I feel like it's more like describe what you see. (laughs) I like that. Yeah. So those were my couple of tips. I think those are some good tips. I have never been much of a drawer or painter. So <laughs> yeah, not my not one of my strengths at all. But <laughs> I can understand the analogy to writing. <laughs> yes. Um for me I had two I had two tips. One of them um well the first one was I think it's okay if you need to in your first draft to write all the detail that you want, but then go back and delete it later. I think this can be quite a helpful process, especially when you're writing the first chapters of a new project. I've done this 
quite a few times where I'll write a chapter of our ancient Greece book, add in quite a bit of detail. And then before I send it to Sarah, I'm like, oh, I don't need this anymore. Delete, 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 delete. And kind of like get rid of a lot of the uh, excess world building that's been put in there or, you know, really clean it up before uh, Mm -hmm. I, I finish it. So I think that's one way where you can, you know, make sure that you fully can see and understand the scene, but then clean it up <laughs> for your readers and only leave in the essential details. Yeah. That's one. And second one is actually something I picked up from one of our now non-existent <laughs> talking shop episodes. <laughs> uh, when I reviewed an article about world building and they explained the importance of adding in small details. So like that's different to having lots of detail, <laughs> if that makes any sense. Yes. Um, where I think the example they used in the um, text that I was reviewing was having, you know, a small scratches on a wooden table can tell the reader a lot about, you know, where that table has been. You know, it's older than the scene the character's in because, you know, it happened before the character got there. Uh, and by the fact that there's a scratch there, at some point something must have scratched it like what was it uh and if there's one scratch there's probably more scratches and you know it kind of like goes on and on and on so you've only had to mention one quite small detail but you can already get quite a lot from that small detail yeah creates a history for the object yes exactly which i that was one of the points that i really liked from that yeah Um, i really liked that one too from that article so thought I'd mention it again yeah Alrighty, uh that kind of brings us to the end of our chat about world building unless you had anything else to add Sarah no I think we've covered it fairly well obviously there's always more that we could say um but I think for the purposes of these couple of episodes that we've had about world building um I hope it gave you something to think about and something that you can bring to your writing that might give it a bit of an extra spark. I definitely agree. So we can move on to any mistakes of the month if anyone has any. I unfortunately <laughs> no. don't have any. Do I you? Don't either. <laughs> no, because I'm just making comments at this point. So I haven't really been looking specifically for like grammatical mistakes or anything. I'll just double check my phone though. (laughs) I found a few mistakes, but none of them have been particularly amusing. They're more just like tense errors or, you know, missing letters um, and things like that. So nothing terribly hilarious. That's okay. For next month. (laughs) I'm sure I'll have some for next month because I'll have have gone through a lot more of Price of Pandemonium and I feel like there's always going to be a little hilarious mistake somewhere down the line yes and i'm sure i'll find them in darkness set us free all righty let's wrap up this episode okay so if you would like to be on an author spotlight episode then you can head over to our website at lindersoncreations.com hover your mouse over the podcast tab in the main menu and it should give you a drop down to be featured on dear writer um And again, as we said last week, we do have a little bit of a backlog, but um, if you get your name on there, we'll put you on our uh, 
soonest availability. Yes. Uh, and next time on Dear Writer, it is going to be one of our author spotlights sections. So we look forward to sharing the journey of another author with all of you. And if you'd like to know any more about us and any of our writing projects, you can go and visit us at lindersoncreations.com or you can get in contact with us on Facebook or Instagram under the handle Lindison Creations. If you enjoy the show, please rate and review us on Apple Podcasts or subscribe on your podcatcher of choice. Tell your friends about us and we'll be back next week. Happy writing, everyone. Mm-hmm.